0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce buries pee it. Tatum drives down. It throws it down. This is my MC's, I see, are you What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 119, episode 119 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing great. I apologize that the podcast is out a little bit later than usual on this Monday morning, but uh, I battle with depression, and some mornings uh, it is just really hard for me to focus and talk about things and you know if you're going through any form of depression at all just know that there are other people that are going through the same thing it's okay to not be okay and uh, you know if you need anyone to talk to um, i'm always here for you so i again i apologize for having a little hiccup this morning with the uh, mental demons but we are here we are ready to go we are ready to talk about the boston celtics and their up and down week as always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with a bunch of great podcasts and a bunch of great things uh, coming down the tunnel or down the aisle or whatever the case may be Uh, you can check out boston uncommon with joe maz the marky p show those girls you know drinks after work eat the damn cake i'm the promoter he's the dj burnt toast let's be clear with kayla before i go with jd uh big night breaks if you guys are into sports cards they'll be hosting the causeway card show on april 18th at big night live from 10 a.m to 5 p.m free admission come down buy some cards trade some cards make some friends uh, and you can also watch some live breaks with Chris Costa as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else. Oh, yeah. And before we really dive into everything, I, I, I do want to talk about how I did go back to TD Garden for the Pelicans game for the first time in 386 days and saw one of the stupidest plays in NBA history with Marcus Smart not realizing that a jump ball between Stephen Adams and Evan Fournier, uh, it was Pelicans ball, and Marcus thought it was the Celtics ball, and there was 0.3 seconds left, and he caught it and just chucked it, uh, literally to Nova Scotia. And after that, uh, well, the Celtics just absolutely fell into pieces because they probably couldn't believe that you know the leader of the locker room, their their hard grit guy, made such a dumb, 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 dumb play. But, anyways, going back to TD Garden, I just want to say thank you to everyone over at TD Garden, everyone with the Boston Celtics, my season ticket hole, uh, my season ticket rep, uh, absolutely fantastic job. It was safe, it was quick to get in, it was quick to get out. Uh, I felt very safe in there the entire time with the mask protocols, you know. And they did a great job calling people out, you know, saying, "Hey, you got to put your mask on." You- after you're done you know taking a sip there was one person a few rows in front of me that just wouldn't you know would literally just keep his can near his face the entire time and that wasn't good enough for the td garden people got to put that mask up if you're not actually drinking and stuff so just want to give a shout out to everyone over at td garden everyone with the Celtic season ticket holders, everyone who handles that stuff, uh, the security, etc., 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 bravo, job well done there. It was really, 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 really nice uh, to be back in Section 315, Row 15. Uh, that was really, really cool. And if you had any money on if I was going to get a, uh, emotional, like happy tears-wise, uh, then you probably won your bet. Because I'll be honest, I, I shed a couple tears, for sure. Um And then really before – one other thing that I I want to talk about before we really dive into all this. I I know a lot of people have been enjoying the fact that uh, I've been doing interviews for the podcast and – I'm trying to get more people on. I, I really hope to get more people on. It's just whenever I record, it's it's really tough. So like this morning, you know, recording Monday morning, very early, it's very hard to get someone to chime in. I also want to make sure you guys get the most up-to-date information versus, you know, talking to someone on a Thursday and then all this crazy stuff happens and everything that I were to talk about with that person that was nice enough to join, it. none of it is relevant anymore. So, I'm going to try and do my best uh, you know, as the season goes on with playoff rankings, seedings, whatever you want to call them, the standings get a little bit more closer, get other teams that are other people who do podcasts for other teams to come on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, all right, enough about uh everything that's going on in my life with the podcast. Let's actually talk about the Celtics Monday night Last Monday night they lost to the Pelicans 115 to 109. Then on Wednesday night they lost to the Mavs 103 to 108. They had two great comebacks in that game which were, you know, cute and adorable and all, but at the end of the day it didn't matter. They only decided to care when they were down like 20 points, which is, you know, ridiculous. And then they beat the Houston Rockets as they should have, 118 to 102, and then they beat the Charlotte Hornets as they should have, uh, 116 to 86. And the Hornets game could have been better, but, you know, no Malik Monk, no Gordon Hayward who just continues to have the worst injury luck ever, and then no LaMelo Ball, which is arguably three of their best scorers on the floor. So currently the Boston Celtics are the 8th seed, they're two games up on the Pacers who are currently the ninth seed, and then they're one game behind the Atlanta Hawks in the 4th seed, who are also tied with the Miami Heat. And then a half game ahead of the Celtics are the New York Knicks and the... Charlotte Hornets. So, listen, I, I'm i okay with the Celtics being the seven seed or being the six seed or whatever the case may be. I kind of don't want them to be the four seed because that means you're most likely going to have to play either the 76ers or the Hornets. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, the 76ers or the Nets in the second round of the playoffs if you do happen to win in the first round. So, I really think that if you can play. I don't know. It's weird because I would rather have them play the Bucks and be the sixth seed in the first round. Hopefully, pull an upset, and then that way you're going in with a lot of confidence, and you play the Seventy Sixers. And we know that that Seventy Sixers team isn't the uh, the best mentally uh, when they're in the. Pl- I'm sorry, guys. Like I'm just all over the place. This the mental demons are not doing it for me today. Um, but we know that the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are. Are a good team, they're a tough team, but we also know that they can choke in the playoffs. And we also know that maybe whenever they play the Celtics in the playoffs, they also get a little freaked out a little bit. So that's my dream scenario. I I don't really care about the seeding per se, as long as whatever seed you get, you make the best of it. So if they're the sixth seed, fine. If they're the fourth seed, fine. You know, whatever the case may be, I just don't want to be the eighth seed or the seventh seed and have to play the Nets or the or the 76ers in the first round. I'd rather play the 76ers in the second round when there's more pressure on them and to see if they crumble because th- the first round, there's no pressure. I mean, maybe if you're playing the eighth seed and it's the Celtics, but I don't know. I would rather have them be like the sixth seed and then hopefully get a good matchup in the first round and then hopefully get an even better matchup in the second round. And let's be honest, they don't match up against either of those teams, but if they're playing and click playing well and clicking on all cylinders, that's what really matters to be honest with you. So that's that, uh, the three upcoming games this week. Um, I know I've been saying I'm a lot cause I'm all over the place. Cause my, brain is a puddle uh, they have the 76ers speaking of the 76ers they have the 76ers tomorrow night at TD Garden at 7:30 they actually have three games this week at the garden their first uh, their first long home stand of the season coming to an end I was hoping that they would go five and two they're currently two and two they got three more games this week hopefully they go undefeated and I was right with five and two four and three I'd be okay with but anything worse than four and three would not be great Bob at all so 76 Sixers. On Tuesday at 7.30, Wednesday against the Knicks at home at 7.30, a very, very important game for the standings because, like I just mentioned, the Knicks are a half game ahead. Then they got the T-Wolves on Friday at 7.30, which is a very, very winnable game. It will be interesting to see... Here's the thing with with the Kemba thing. It's going to be very interesting to see if Kemba does play that second night of the back-to-back. Because to be honest with you, I don't think you need him against the Minnesota Timberwolves who currently have the worst record in the NBA. Yes, they have a worse record than the Houston Rockets. But they obviously have a lot of talent on that team as well. So I would rather have Kemba play the 76ers game on Tuesday, have him play the Knicks game on Wednesday, and then have him take off Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before they go out to Denver to play Denver on Sunday at 3 o'clock. That's what I would want. Now, I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday and Express last night or anything like that, but that is what I would want to do. But to break down these games real quick, the 76ers game, who's going to stop Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid is back. Is he 100% healthy? Who knows? I feel like at this point of the season, whether you just came off, an, off of an injury or... You know, like Jalen Brown, perfect example. He's on 100%. So there's no way Joel Embiid is 100%. But even 90% Joel Embiid is better than anyone on the floor. I mean, Jason Tatum's having a nice year. Jalen Brown's having a nice year. But before Joel Embiid got hurt with his hyperextended knee, people were talking about he could be the MVP of the league. And no one's talking about that with Tatum. So technically, Joel Embiid will be the best player on the floor in this game. Who is going to control him? I don't know is it going to be tristan thompson maybe but i kind of don't want to take time lord out of the starting lineup but it's it's not about who starts it's about who finishes so but how will if tristan thompson comes back and time lord goes to the bench how will that affect him mentally we could go down a very dark dark hole uh that i'm already in that i don't want to bring you down down there with me by any means but who is going to stop Joel Embiid? I don't think it's the Time Lord. The Time Lord can block shots. We all know that. The Time Lord can pass the ball well. We all know that. He's active. He's very good in the pick and roll. la da 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 But when Joel Embiid gets his back to the basket, the Time Lord is not going to be able to muscle him. I mean, Smart has a better shot at at muscling him, but even still, it's not, not a great hope, not a great shot for the Celtics either way. So who is going to control Joel Embiid? Because one of the things that I don't mind, I don't want to say picking out of uh, the Time Lord's game, but it is very obvious, the Time Lord cannot block shots when he gets back down into the post. Sabonis so did it a lot in the Pacers game in February, and you, you can just notice the second he the Time Lord's on his heels, he's not the same defender. If he can weak side help, sh- block a shot, you know, defend, hedge, whatever the case may be, He's just not that great at defending a post player like Joel Embiid. And then the other thing we, you have to worry about is Ben Simmons. Ben, ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the NBA. We can all joke about how he didn't score any points or he only scored one point in that playoff game. And the fact that he can't shoot three pointers. But the thing is, Ben Simmons is a hell of a defender. He can defend anyone on the floor. He can defend Kemba. He can defend Jalen. He can defend Jason. He can defend the Time Lord if he wanted to, if if he actually tried. He he could. So if Jalen's gonna get locked down let's just say. That means Tatum's going to have to step up. That means Smart's going to have to step up. That means Kemba's going to have to step up because they are going to have a tough time shooting the ball. And then you also have Danny Green, who's also a very good NBA defender as well. He might be guarding Jalen, which means Simmons is going to be on Tatum. That means you need a big night from Kemba, and Kemba hasn't been shooting the ball that great as of late. I think he was, what, maybe 4 of twelve, five of... Whatever against the Hornets, who aren't a very good defensive team. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now as I do this. But you're going to need a big game from Kemba. And Kemba did play very well to start uh, the second quarter against the 76ers the last time these two teams played, so that's good. Yeah, Kemba was five of 12. Okay, I was close. So that's the whole thing. Like, you're gonna need a big game from Kemba, and you just can't trust that right now, and that kind of sucks. And <laughs> which is probably why they're the eighth seed right now, but you have to control the 76ers ball movement, and they are a very, 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 very good three point shooting team. Uh, the Knicks game, like I mentioned, It's very important for the standings. They've also lost three out of four. They don't have Mitchell Robinson, one of their really good young players. He's out with a foot injury. And the other thing is, speaking about defense with the 76ers, the Knicks allow the least amount of points in the league per game. So you're actually going up against a very good defensive team in the Philadelphia 76ers and then the actual best defensive team in the NBA against the New York Knicks, so hopefully home court advantage works. Julius Randle's on that team. He's a beast. He's had a hell of a season. He's so good. He was an all-star this year. You also have Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is motivated being back with his coach, Tom Thibodeau, where he won his MVP uh, when he was the coach of the Bulls and playing for the Bulls. Uh, But here's the thing. The Celtics need to come into this game not knowing that, A, it's very important for the standings, but more importantly, the last time these two teams played was on a Sunday afternoon at TD Garden. And the Celtics lost by 30. The final score was 105 to 75. So they should come out and be pissed off and want to play this game and destroy them and beat them by 30. Move up in the standings. The very port. These two games coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday night are very, 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 very important for the Celtics because this West Coast road trip that they have against the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trail Blazers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I don't think LeBron's going to be back, so that's good. Anthony Davis, who knows? So if those guys aren't back, you have an opportunity to maybe go two out of three. You're either going to beat the Nuggets and and lose to the Trailblazers, or you're going to lose to the Nuggets and beat the Trailblazers. We all know that's how it's going to work with the Celtics. They just can't go 0-3 on that trip. They cannot. That will not be a great look. Uh, Oh, yeah, the Timberwolves game. To be honest with you, you just got to control Carl Anthony Towns if you want to win the game. I mean... The Timberwolves have a bottom 10 defense in the league, a bottom 10 scoring offense, the worst record in the NBA, just like the, Horn- just like the Rockets game. Just blow them out of the water. Just, you know, the Rockets started off the game the other night, last Friday night, very well. And then the Celtics said, you know what, screw this. And that's the mentality that they have to have right off at tip. Like, just blow them out of the water early. Get your rest before this West Coast road trip and let's go it like the Celtics do not have a lot of games left. The Celtics have 22 games left in the regular season before the playoffs start or the play in games, because technically if they're the eighth seed, they're going to be in the play in games. So the time is now, uh, what else do we have to talk? Oh yeah. The Denver nuggets game. the nuggets. I mean, what do you do? Do you let Joker beat you and then control everyone else? Or do you try and control Jokic, AKA the Joker, which is so hard to do. I mean, the, in february the celtics beat the nuggets very well. like in a really good game it was a really good win jokic was unbelievable in that game he's unbelievable he's probably going to be the mvp this year if the nuggets finish in the top 3 in the west like he's just he's so good he does everything so well he can rebound he can shoot he can defend he can pass very good in the pick and roll or the pick and pop you name it he's so good at it so the Time Lord's going to have a lot of stuff to do and I love the Time Lord's vision. You know, an, a great passing center is so good for an NBA offense these days. And t- Time Lord's getting there. Is he on Jokic, Jokish's level? Jokish's? No. Jokic. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I sound so stupid right now, don't I? The Joker's level. We'll just say the Joker's level because that's his nickname. But Time Lord's not on Joker's level yet passing the ball. But if the Time Lord can do that... Oh. God bless this team. It will be so great. And then uh, a couple other things uh, with the Denver Nuggets game. They've won five in a row, including a win over the Clippers. And then we'll also see Aaron Gordon, you know, the guy that a lot of Celtics fans wanted to see in a green uniform this year. And Danny went with Evan Fournier instead. And I am okay with that because Evan Fournier, I know he went 0 of 10 against the Pelicans the first game. Had to get his feet wet. Since then, he's been lights out, and I love it. So why don't we do stud and dud of the week before I talk about the most important thing for the Boston Celtics in these last 22 games. I'm not even going to break down the Pelicans games, the Mavs games, the Rockets games, uh, and the Hornets games last night. I'm not going to break any of those games down. I'm just going to talk about two words that this Boston Celtics team need to do the rest of the way. So let's do stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, episode 119 stud and dud of the week. The stud is the Time Lord, Robert Lee Williams III. The Celtics are now 4-1 when he starts, and it showed since he missed Wednesday's game against the Mavs at the very last minute due to do an Ill, a non-COVID illness. I don't know, maybe if he got food poisoning like Tatum did uh, in Memphis, but he was a last-minute scratch. He had Mo Wagner starting. Not great, Bob, but this week alone, Even though he missed one game, the Time Lord shot 82% from the field, 82% from the field. He averaged nine rebounds a game. He averaged five assists per game. He averaged two blocks, 14 points, and averaged being a plus 11.7, which means the Celtics are 11.5 points better, or if you want to round up, 12 points better when the Time Lord is on the floor. So his numbers, he averaged this week 14 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. Now, for someone who has driven the Robert Lee Williams III, a.k.a. the Time Lord fan wagon from the day that he got drafted late in that first round a few years ago, (laughs) welcome aboard. Because I know everyone loves the Time Lord now. I am cruising out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Like, I am ecstatic that he is playing so well. I'm so happy for him, and I hope it can continue. I hope his confidence grows, and I hope his game grows as well because his passing is so good. His blocks are lovely. He's getting more rebounds. He's figuring out the game more. The game is slowing down for him, and that is so freaking important. But who would have thought a few years ago when he got drafted, after missing his first practice, after being late for like a Zoom call or whatever it was, he's here. And they're 4-1 and one when he starts. That's huge. I love that. Now, the dud of the week happened last night in the Hornets game. And that is, I saw Romeo Langford and Grant Williams on the floor together playing basketball. And I thought I was going to just disintegrate like I was an Avenger. And Thanos snapped his fingers. Like, it was awful. To see those two guys out there together, talk about a panic attack. Talk about not having a bright future. Oh yuck. yuck No way, Jose. I don't like that at all. Now, here's the thing. Romeo Langford and I know no one talked about it because everyone just focused on his terrible release, his terrible list of injuries, his terrible luck. He can defend. I, I I've said that from day one. We all know I'm not the biggest Romeo Langford fan. Actually I'm not a Romeo Langford fan at all. But Romeo Langford can defend. And I will give him that. He is a hell of a defender. If he can just get his offensive game going, maybe I'll be wrong, and I'll be okay with that. But for right now, the kid just can't shoot the basketball. And I get that. You know, people are talking about like, oh, maybe he's the next Marcus Smart defensively. No, stop. Nope. Nope. Listen, I'm not the biggest Marcus Smart fan as of late. But please, Romeo Langford is not going to be all NBA you know, first or second team defense, whatever Marcus Smart was. There's no way that's going to happen. But to see Grant Williams and Romeo Langford on the floor together last night, oh, my God. I thought I was going to vomit. I really – I felt uneasy. My, um, I was lightheaded. Ugh. Yikes. No thanks. All right. So that was your stud and dud of the week, stud being the time lord, the dud seeing Grant Williams and Romeo Langford playing basketball together. Um. So – I'm not, like I mentioned, I'm not going to break down the four home games this week. It was great to be back at TD Garden for that Pelicans game. But I'm going to talk about two words and two words only that are going to make or break these final 22 games for the Boston Celtics. You want to know what it is? Ball movement. If you've listened to this podcast before, I've always preached about ball movement. Ball movement is very, very important in Brad Stevens' system. Brad Stevens always talks about All movement. And if these guys can play as a team and move the ball around, they are very, very good. How good are they, Timmy G? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked. They are 16 and three when they have 25 assists or more. 16 and three. The team is currently 25 and 25. That means for those who can't do math at home, they are nine and 22 when they have 24 assists or less. 9 and 22 when they have 24 assists or less. 16 and 3 when they have 25 assists or more. Now, I am not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, but I'm going to go out on the limb and say, 16 and 3 is better than 9 and 22, and maybe you should just pass the fucking ball a little bit more and create more ball movement. The loss to the Pelicans and the Mass. They, each game they had 20 assists. And their two wins against the Hornets and the Rockets, they had more than 25 assists. Now, I understand the Hornets were shorthanded, and I understand the, the Rockets suck. But guess what? I don't care about that. You move the ball, you see what other players can do for you. You're telling me right now, Jason Tatum making an extra pass to Evan Fournier and have him seeing a shot go in doesn't make Jason Tatum not want to pass the ball to him more versus if it was Grant Williams in the corner and he's most likely going to miss it. This, um, folks, ball movement. And for those people that are just like, oh, well, now they're taking too many three-pointers. Okay, that's fair. They, they are jacking up too many three-pointers. And then, whoa, Brad offense sucks. All right, if you think Brad Stevens' offense sucks, let me, let me throw this out to you. The Mavs game on Wednesday. The Celtics shot 11 of 47 from three. Some would say, that's ridiculous and way too much. I would agree with you, for sure. But, the Celtics were 3 of 23 on open three-pointers. So, there are stats for contested, wide open, open, you know, nearby type stuff. 3 of 23 on open three-pointers. 5 of 15 on wide open three-pointers. That means they were 8 of 38 on open three-pointers. When they lost to the Mavs. And then they were three of nine on contested threes. So they technically shot better when someone was near them than they did when someone wasn't near them. Absolutely ridiculous. If they can hit a couple more shots, the game's completely different. And we're talking about how the Celtics have won three in a row. Seriously. So the ball movement is there. It's just the shots have to fall. And then, you know, you, you look at the Pelicans game. Evan Fournier went 0 for 10. I'm glad he got 10 shots in his very first time out. And Jalen didn't play that game at all. Jalen plays in that game. It's different. And then, it, and then the other thing that kind of sucks is Brad Stevens, before the Rockets game, had to use six different starting lineups in a row because of all the random injuries, whether, you know, Kemba's out for a back-to-back, Time Lord's out, Jason's out, Jalen's out, whatever the case may be. It's not easy right now. But there is one thing that is easy. Ball movement. Ball movement. Ball movement. Ball movement. 16 and three with 25 assists or more. Nine of 22. When they have less than 25 assists, folks, it's not rocket science. Give me some ball movement against the 76ers. Give me some ball movement against the Knicks. You can't score 75 points again against the Knicks. Sure, we can complain about Tatum maybe doing some ISO ball in, in the uh, in the Mavs game and. You know that's fair criticism. It was a very—he had a very couple selfish plays. But if Jason Tatum can start passing the ball a little bit more, and Jalen Brown sees that, and then Kemba sees that, and then Evan Fournier sees that—I mean, Evan Fournier last night against the Hornets had six assists, ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. <sighs> that's it for episode 119 of the Bader and Brancher podcast. Like I said, I'm hoping to get some guests next week. I'm going to try. And get someone from a Lakers podcast to come on and preview the Lakers game next week. I'm going to try. Maybe a little tease there. And if it doesn't happen, my apologies. But uh, thanks so much for listening and bearing with me through whatever's going on upstairs. I really appreciate it. Stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. Just know if you're also going through through depression or you're in a depression-type state right now, it's okay not to be okay. You've got a lot of people that are there for you make sure you reach out to them. And for those people that aren't going through that, reach out to someone and just say, hey, how you doing? Just checking in. It goes a long way. Don't forget to wear your masks. Don't forget to wash your hands. I hope everyone's getting vaccinated so we can get back to more people at TD Garden and get back to our lives sooner rather than later. Thanks again for listening. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk soon. Be well. Two and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.